Hi, Sim. So I guess we're going to knock these ads out, right? Uh, let's just knock them out. <laughs> well, first, I want to talk about Jordan. Me to do this? Do what? I don't know. Do the feedback stuff. You are doing the feedback stuff. We're doing it together. I know. I know. But I always feel like I don't know if you can put enough animation into your voice. <laughs> Are you saying I suck at reading the feedback letters? I'm not. Liz, I know that I'm setting myself my own. I can't uh, my wait own. for you to fucking read oh, this fuck letter. You, fuck you. All right, you. here we nope, go. Not doing it. All right, so do you nope, remember, you remember Jordan? Jordan, you know, fuck Jordan you. was, he's a male listener. A confident. He's uh, he's a confident guy, but he's terrified of dating. Well, I told him that practice makes perfect and that he should go on as many dates as possible to loosen up and that no two women are alike. And you ended by noting that, you know, that he seems to have an old soul and he should just give girl time to catch up with him. Do you remember that? Yeah. And Gerard said that, uh, that performing and dating require two different types of confidence. It was a really interesting call. So Anna, Leilin wrote in and Leilin from Florida had some feedback. Grin on I your can't face wait. Here right you go. Now. Why don't you tell us about Leilin's feedback here? So she writes in, I just got listening. Uh, see, you're oh, doing you're, great. Oh my God. You're doing great. <gasps> I knew it. Ugh. All right. I just got done listening to the Gerard Carmichael episode and I had to write in about the call with Jordan. I'm also 22 years old, but I'm a female and I feel the same way he does. When he mentioned wanting a wife, kids, and house, it seemed like you guys wanted him to steer away from that. Well, let me tell you, if I met Jordan, I would be game. It's so hard to find guys my age who are looking for more than just a hookup. I don't think there's anything wrong with knowing what you want and going for it. Jordan, yes, date, travel, have fun. But if you know the kind of girl you want, don't waste your time on girls who aren't that. There are girls out there looking and hoping for a guy like you. On and Sim, love the podcast. You guys always make me laugh. You guys help my workday go by just a little bit quicker. I also thoroughly enjoy Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. Oh, that's cool. It's really nice. Adding him was one of the best things you guys did. Keep, keep it up. Uh, the great content. I'll LOL check you guys later or yeah, i read that word i don't know what that means what is it it's i lol'd what is it is that a real word i i'm too old i don't know but Leyland, thank you so much i'll give you a seven and a half out of ten what i totally give myself an 8.5 all right all right if you want to give yourself an 8.5 that's okay yeah oh thanks Sam. do you want to do it every week because you can't no. if you want oh now you're gonna give it back this to me this is a cold huh? read You've at least read this stuff. <laughs> Barely. Most of my readers <laughs> are cold. <laughs> hey, dear listeners, this is how much we care about you. We're just fucking assholes over here. I'm so sorry. Like, <laughs> from Studio City, California, two fucking jerks. <laughs> and now let's get to Judd Apatow. We've been waiting for this guy for a while. Hoping to make some movies with him. <laughs> Judd Apatow. Isn't it Apatow? Apatow? Is it Apatow, Apatow or Apatow? Uh, I never correct it. I never correct what it. What is the correction? What is the real one? Judd Apatow. We, we think it's Apatow, but Ap- when Judd- they say toe, it sounds fancier. Judd Apatow. Yes. Why would you do this podcast today at the last minute? This is I a mean, I'm good question. hugely flattered, but why? Well, because I like uh, the podcasts. Thanks. I like podcasts in general. I like to hear myself talk. Yes. And I feel like I'm going to learn something today. Oh, you are going to. What would be your hope then that you learned? Like, I might, what, like, I might uh, learn about if the new construction in the Palisades is going to create more traffic. 
You know how we feel about that. There's a big uh, shopping center going up. I used to live right around the corner from here. I know. that. Well, that's what your wife was saying. We went to that um, event. You're at the place where you can afford stuff, but then that's you, what happens. You, you want you, free when stuff? you don't need anything, they start giving you free lotions everywhere you go. And do you get annoyed like with the suitcase of like products? Uh, I'm happy that they're amused by it, <laughs> that they get a big uh, suitcase of free products. Like your daughters and stuff, do they like to? They, like, they go through, through it, it, and then I go through it. Because this event gives them a big suitcase of free, like, lady stuff. There's nothing for the men. There's no, I'm looking for, like, a mini alarm clock or a, a, a hand lotion that works on clock. a male hand. I have a lot to talk to you. Uh, first of all, I, it's a huge honor to have you here. It's an Thank honor you. to be here. We've been trying to get you for a long time. Well, no one told me. I have a lot of things I want to tell you. But I first, I want to tell you about the, my biggest career regret which I think you probably know. The 40-year-old virgin audition? Yeah. yeah. You were moving that day. You I were just, tired. I, listen, so I auditioned for 40-year-old virgin. I really wanted to work with you. We were excited for you to come in. You wanted me to be a part of the movie. From This is my reps telling me this. It was more like a, there's no way she won't get it type of audition. <laughs> I wish I had known that before <laughs> and I wouldn't have come in <laughs> but no but um, and you know my sweet lovely amazing lawyer Robert Offer he was like oh well you know I'm not sure they're going to meet your quote and if we set this standard and I, I was naive enough to think like maybe I need to listen to this and it turns out yes it was the biggest career regret because I would love to work with you because you're fucking brilliant. And his brother is my real estate agent, his brother David. <laughs> I like that you took that all in stride. You were like, yes, yes, I know. I'm sure that was your biggest career regret. Well, here's the thing. When we were auditioning people for, uh, for this is for Knocked Up or the 40-year-old version? 40-year-old version, but I did audition for Knocked Up too. I mean, not Knocked Up too, but I can audition for you for that later, but... And and which part was it for Forty Year Old Virgin? It was, it was Elizabeth Banks. It was Elizabeth Banks' part. Yes, 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 yeah. And a bunch of really cool people came in. Amy Adams came in and read for that part. But I had like the right naivete, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> it was also a, a weird part because it was dirty. It was I was like, like a, what do you mean I'm masturbating with a shower head? Yeah, it was wow. a very dirty part. And I, I was at that uh, time in my life where I didn't even realize how dirty things were. We were writing so many dirty things. I didn't even, like I lost my sense of what dirty was. And... I, I just remember you said you moved that day and you were you were just tired. But I remember like Steve auditioning with Steve Carell and how subtle he was and how like there was this realization of like, oh, this is a bigger vision. This is like a different kind of, of realism in terms of comedy that yes. I because, you know, I came from the world of scary movie and stuff. So where things are sort of larger than life and raunch was sort of the shock factor as opposed to kind of heart and and, yeah. and realism, which is what you brought to your movies and started a whole new sort of comedic movement. I, I wouldn't feel weird about it. I, I uh, obviously, you didn't need it at all. No, I did. 
Yes, I oh, did. Oh, you did need it. Yes. I don't think so. Oh, yes. I don't think time has proven that correct at, at all. That's kind of you to say, but I sort of fell into comedy. I was like, I'm going to be Amelia Earhart. I'm going to be Joan of Arc. And um, instead I was like, I'm Cindy Campbell in Scary Movie. Well, I think a lot of people are like that. My wife just studied to be an actress. That's all she thought about. And then she would go in on auditions and p- people would just laugh when she was deadly yes. serious. Yes. And then at some point she thought, maybe I'm comedic. But I don't think she had any thought that she was a comedic actress for a long time. I auditioned for, um, what was the uh, series uh, on HBO about the uh, the cemetery? The Six Feet Under, yeah. I remember them, like, the scene was I was supposed to be high on meth and I found out my dad just died and um, they were cracking up. <laughs> Well, that is funny regardless of your performance. <laughs> and I remember thinking, like, like I, I'm really second-guessing myself now. Like, I, <laughs> like, my sincerity is fucking me up at this yeah. point. What do you look for? You, you In auditions? Have, well, yeah. Like, like, you've been so brilliant with casting. You've, like, mined the most brilliant people. Um, I had Meghan Markle in a movie. Yeah. She was in Get Him to the Greek. I think we cut her out, but you can see her somewhere. <laughs> we, we keep trying to find her because we found the call sheet with her name on it. And we were like, wow, we had her in there. We were looking for the raw footage. We were trying to find the dailies. We, we were like, what, whatever she did in the movie, she will regret. So we got to find it. You have to find it. We have to find it. And we worked with Stormy Daniels three times. What? What movie was that? She was in 40-Year-Old Virgin, Knocked Up, and... She was in Pineapple Express. I don't know if we had a scene of her or cut her out, but she was Danny McBride's wife. So in the background, in the photos of his family, it's him with Stormy Daniels. But that was just because I'm very uncomfortable asking people to be naked. So I thought, I want someone who loves being naked. I don't want to ask an actress yeah, yeah, to be yeah. naked. Yeah, I want, to get a, I want to get a pro yeah. who's like, whatever. And then she was yeah. very cool. So we said, well, now whenever we need someone who's naked, let's just ask this woman. She seems very happy and she's nice uh, to have around. She told Seth on the set of Knocked Up that she had sex with Donald Trump. No way. So there's a good chance Seth is going to be at a congressional hearing at some point <laughs> next year and be like, yeah, she told me on the on the set. I didn't think it was a big that's deal. A, that's, a good, that's a good Seth impression. Can you do his like sort of rapid fire laugh? I'm not, I don't think, I don't know if I'm as good at that. Like, <laughs> but, uh, but I generally, I don't know. I'm just feeling it out in auditions. I mean, all sorts of great people have come in and I've missed it completely. One of the funny ones was when we were working on Pineapple Express. I didn't think Brian Cranston seemed evil enough to play a drug dealer. <laughs> and so I... Uh, I think we did a table read with him also, and everyone was like, he's so great. And I'm like, I don't know, he doesn't seem that scary. And so we had Gary Cole do it, and I guess I was proven wrong. Although it took him years to be the scary guy on Breaking Bad. He didn't start out scary. Well, my point is I'm often, I'm often wrong. But, but, I'm often. but uh, Judd, though, when casting like Freaks and Geeks, which mm-hmm. is so incredible, like, what did you look for? Well, the one thing we did there, which... I think most people don't do is I said to Paul, let's just meet like thousands of kids and whatever we find, you'll rewrite the pilot to suit them as opposed to trying to get a kid to pretend to be like this. So other than 
John Daly, uh, you know, who, who played Sam and Linda Cardellini, who, who played, uh, Lindsay. I mean, he knew exactly what he wanted to do with those characters. So we were casting for that, but for all friends, freaks and geeks, we said, let's just find the coolest, most interesting people. They don't even have to be actors or actresses. Well, we did open calls. So we had thousands you, of people come in. Did you talk to them? Like, did you say, did oh, you yeah. engage them before oh, they, yeah. like, they read their sides? Well, we, we literally said anyone can come audition in like three or four cities. So we went to Vancouver and we read a thousand people. And, and Seth had sent a tape in. So then we went to see him in person there. But this kid, uh, Stephen Lee uh, Shepard, who played like the guru geek, uh, who was in a few episodes, was just a kid who went with his friend to get a free lunch from them. You know, there were people like that that we would find for the show. And if, if we, you know, like the one character he described in the script, he described him as like a Peter Frampton-esque, long, blonde-haired guy. And so we would go, well, let's not worry about any of that. Let's just, whoever is great. And then uh, we wrote generic audition scenes. So they weren't like even specific. What? Like there was an audition scene where a kid was just bragging about his drum kit about how many pieces he had. And so we just oh, had like God, a thousand funny. kids read it. And then Jason Siegel read it. And we thought, oh my God, that, that seems right. And I think this drum thing will fit him. But the drum thing wasn't in the pilot at that point. And Franco came in, I forgot which scene he, he read. Um, Seth read a scene where a kid was talking about how he wanted to grow pot underground. And then if the cops came, he could just blow the entryway to the underground pot. And, uh, and, and like he was a genius. I got the corn on the top and the pot on the bottom. And then I think we did the underground pot in Pineapple Express because of that idea from the generic, uh, uh, scene. Okay. So is it sort of inherent confidence in sort of one's own oddities? Yeah. That I rather a kid just be himself. Right. Then do a whole thing. I think Martin Starr was the only one who was kind of doing a thing. He wasn't completely like that. He was much cooler than that. But everybody else was not too far from their general vibe. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When I was making Observant Report with Seth, he. Yeah, I, I just adore him so much. His parents came down from Vancouver, and you've probably met them. Oh, yes, of course. Mr. and Mrs. Rogan, I, I assume. They're the best, nicest people. <laughs> Social workers. After every take, they would be like, oh, Seth, you were so amazing. <laughs> Seth, that was so funny. That was so funny. Oh, you were so good. I mean, like he's like, whatever, doing like the most atrocious thing. Yeah. And beating they, people with a stick. Right, right. And they would be like, oh, and oh, you were good too, Anna. You were very, very good. And there was this funny feeling of like, so is this what it takes to be sort of an unconventional movie star? Is parent, like parents, parents that, who love you, that, that are like ridiculously, absurdly supportive, that like, 
That's a rare scenario, the Seth Rogen scenario. But do you have that? Well, I had parents that believed in my ability to do this. They had other problems, <laughs> but but they but they Were thought they like, this was Judd, possible. You are so brilliant. Yeah, there was a lot of Jewish support, and they didn't go. This is crazy. You want to be a comedian? That's ridiculous. But I think a lot of uh, how solid Seth is as a person, why you're not reading about Seth Rogen meltdowns in the paper, is he has the nicest parents in the world, and his family's very nice and solid. I had an actor once tell me that, like. He said that successful actors, there's two ways. You either have parents that are completely delusional in their support of you, or they're completely broken and abusive. Well, I do think that sometimes you're trying to succeed to show somebody, like, you're going to ignore me, well, then I'm going to win an Oscar, and I'm not going to say your name on that stage. Like, there's a lot of that. I mean, I've met a ton of people who have a parent they hate. For sure. And then there's people's parents supported them. My parents were like, bye, you're the best actress in the world. We love you so much. You can do it. And Sims has very similar parents. But now it's like, um, so oh, so you're not going to pay for a hotel? Like, <laughs> you know, like, oh, we're, yes, we're not flying first class, but we're going to take care of your kid. And it's like, no, you're, no, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're gonna do, like, See, so the success gonna, always like, leads <laughs> to resentments, right? There's nothing you can do. At some point, it's never enough. It is never enough. That's the flip side that everyone learns at some point. Someone is mad at you because you help them not enough. Not enough. Yeah. Normally, we do we play lots of silly games, but I didn't want to do that with you. I wanted to ask you a couple questions. Do you remember the biggest romantic rejection that you received? My biggest romantic rejection? Yeah, I went out with the, this uh, girl, and uh, I, I thought everything was fine, and then she just left. Wait, how old are you? Do you uh, Maybe in, col- in college. Okay. What do you mean she just left? Well, like I went out with a girl all through high school, the end of high school. Okay, so and you then went we to went college. to different colleges. Oh, you went to different colleges. And okay, then far uh, away or? Uh, yeah, other side of the country. Okay. Like broke up for college. Uh huh. And then uh, one day she just said, Oh, I met somebody else. And I didn't see it coming at all. Wait, do you mind my asking where you went to school? I was at I USC. But what I remember is the, ne- the next day was her sister's wedding. And. I still went with her. She basically... Did you get like a suit? <laughs> yeah, we're all dressed up. Yeah. We go to the wedding. And uh, and then at the wedding, no one knows we've broken up. So it's hundreds of people. Big fancy wedding in New York. And every single person walked so you, up to us. Wait, you you flew there? Oh, yeah. I, I, well, no, I was home. I was okay, home because okay. I, my family's from New York. And every single person at the wedding walked up to us and said, You guys are next. <laughs> It was brutal, brutal. And was her new date there? No. No, it was me. He, he was in college. Like what, I was, I was, was the assi- Was there like a, the parental thing of like, oh, we like you so much, Judd. You're so good for our daughter. That, that her parents? Yeah. Was, uh, was there like any of that awkwardness of like, we don't I, know I don't why, re- we don't know what she's thinking. But. Uh, there might have been a little bit of that just because I had been around for a long time, not because I had earned that in any way but just you know what they're doing now they are like you let that one go <laughs> they're watching crashing <laughs> right now <laughs> but you know it's a funny thing is i her mother was at the comedy cellar one night i don't know did they come to see me 
they, I think they did. And um, when I was a kid, my parents got divorced and it was really ugly. They just... How old were you? I was like between eighth and ninth grade, but they just never worked it out. Like for the next 10 years, they fought. And... And the re how I got over it is I just hung out at this girl's house with her family and they all got along great. And I got the chance to walk up to her mother and thank her and just say, I have only survived because you modeled a normal, healthy, loving family. I didn't have this That's amazing. At, at my house. And it, I was really happy to get to tell her because it was a big deal to uh, just go somewhere where it was just mellow and everyone was just, you know, it was like... Eight is enough over there. And that must have like, that, that must have been amazing for her. Uh, I, I can't speak for her, but I, I was happy. I always try to take those moments when, you know, you see somebody and they meant something to you. It could be a teacher or something to tell them the impact yeah. that they had. Yeah. I keep waiting for that. You've never bumped into a teacher? <laughs> you keep waiting to even... Feel no, 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 no I'm, I'm waiting for somebody to tell me. Oh, that. to tell you? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's the, that's the that never happens. <laughs> That'll never happen. Don't wait for that. <laughs> no one will ever appreciate what uh, you've done. <laughs> no one will. Those little fucking bitches. <laughs> um, hey, but Judd, truly, thank you so much for being here. I, it's great to be here. Who knew you were so close? I know. Well, I Leslie, is here your before. wife? I yeah, yeah. We were gushing about. Well, not about you. Uh, we were gushing at that event the other yes. day um, about, about the products, about the, about the, products, the free yeah. products. Yeah. Um, but I'm never more important than a free product. No, no, that's true. That's just how it works. I know. You have to accept it. I know. What's the best gift you've given Leslie? Well, you know, we wrote an article years ago for the New York Times. Oh, shit. Should Together. I have done my research? No, no. Oh, this is a long time ago. Like, okay. we wrote this like 15 years ago about how it was her birthday uh -huh. and I gave her a basket of all this like Italian stuff, like Italian bread and Italian cheese and tour books for Italy and said, put a card in it. Like your present is we're going to go to Italy together. Yeah. And then Leslie said, that's not a present <laughs> because you get to go. So we're just going to Italy and now you want to call it a present. We were going to go anyway, probably. So you can't like get out of a present by just saying that's the present. And we wrote an article in the, in the New York Times debating whether or not it was a present. It's a present. It's a totally a present. Yeah, no, she's she's sure of it. Because one year earlier, no, a few years earlier for Christmas, I got her a Tom Petty box set. And she's like... That's for you. You just want that like in the house. Like a CD box set? Yeah. So she's like, that's not what you buy a woman, a Tom Petty box set. <laughs> I, I made a, I, another bad uh, present, which is I went to Fred Siegel, uh -huh. which is a store. And in the store, there's all sorts of like little mini stores inside of it. But I didn't understand that. So as a joke, I bought her whole bunch of the ugliest dresses you've ever seen so she could return so, so them? she could return them and then get whatever she wanted but that was like the joke that i bought her oh. all these ugly dresses but what i didn't realize is she couldn't return them and buy stuff from other parts of the store she could only buy stuff from the people who make the ugly dresses so i've had a lot of mis mistakes with the presents the other mistake was when i bought her uh, engagement ring I went to go to the Diamond District in New York, but I did it 
go on the right day, I went uh, on the Sabbath when there were no Jews there. And so you're supposed to, you know, you get like a good deal because you're like, hey, I'm part of the brotherhood. And I show up, there's no Jews. There's all, you know, people from other lands who probably don't like the Jews that much. And I bought what I thought was a great ring, but what I later learned was a very yellow shit ring. (laughs) And then that same day, I went to an autograph collection because I collect autographs, and I bought the Beatles autograph. And, oh, and what? And the it, same and, day. The same day, and it costs more. Than, it it, it oh, costs more oh, than the ring. Yeah, oh, it was more than oh. the ring. And so a few years later, it took her about two years to really tell me how bad the ring was, and then we 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 got a new one. Did, did she do like from a good, Jews? You did gotta, she, gotta from Jews. Did she do like a good engagement face though? Like, like oh my the, god, uh, yeah. I can't, well, the yes, light, of course, the li- they say yes. The light was good enough that she couldn't tell how bad the ring was. <laughs> where was it? Where did you ask her to marry you? Uh, uh, at her home. Did you do the thing where you did you ask like the? I didn't father? do like the mountaintop, like where you go. No, on no, the listen, I have a whole I, igloo. I'm I didn't do really opinionated yes. about this shit. I don't know why we have a weird culture of surprise with engagement. Yeah. Uh, it feels manipulative. Well, I'm glad you're saying this because I did not do anything interesting. <laughs> now but, I think, like I guess I should have thought of some, like had a horse pull up and the the ring is in the carrots or something. Uh, but I, yeah. I didn't. I didn't do and anything. Say you wait for the horse to shed. Yeah, I usually know. think. Uh, you know, I realize what I was supposed to do about eight years later. Like I do the wrong version of it. Yeah, but I, I, there's truth to that. And that's that's more important than the manipulation factor, I think. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Can't we not be show people yeah. in our real lives? Can't we just be really boring and sincere and not have a mariachi band? It should be like, you know, in seven days, I'm going to ask you to marry me. We're going to go out to what, what, like whatever your favorite place is. And uh, then we're going to go to Tahiti or whatever. And... Uh, I hope that's cool with you. If you want any adjustments made, let me know now. That's not how it works. That is never how it works. No, instead it's surprise. Yeah. You're stuck with me. You have to be inventive. In a public place. I know. I know. I know. This this is my own, like, whatever. Mumbo jumbo. But I I love that your your comedy deals with a lot of, you know, the journey of sort of loneliness and isolation and how that's incredibly relatable to everybody. Can you tell us a little bit about a lonely episode in your childhood? Well, I guess that would be childhood. (laughs) (laughs) It would be an episode of childhood. But, you know, my friends were, I had, you know, two best friends um, who I spent most of my time with, and they were athletes. So they would be gone every day after school. So, but my whole childhood after school, I just went home and watched the news. And Love Connection, and then Mike Douglas and Dinah Shore and Merv Griffin and Letterman and Carson. That's what I would do because they were, you know, busy uh, playing football and stuff like that. So I was home. I was, you know, alone. You know, not a crazy amount, but more more than most people, and having a blast. Like yeah, like happily I TV. watching TV, watching I Love Lucy and yep. Abbott and Costello. I was a Golden Girls. Fan. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, but my mom would get so mad when I watched television. Anyway, that's another my story. My parents just gave up trying to stop it. At one point they bought me a motorcycle because I showed some interest in dirt bikes. So they bought me in 
eighth grade, a KX80. So they were so afraid that I was such a, you know, reckless in my room that they bought me a machine, you know, that could have killed me. Yeah. You know, like a, like a, they're like, a, we hope he gets outside. Yeah, like a fourteen-year-old shouldn't be driving sixty miles an hour with no training. But that's how much I was doesn't watching TV. No, he doesn't need a helmet. No, it's fine. But as long as he gets out there. As long exactly, as long as he gets out of the house, they didn't care. And so, but in terms of an incident, I don't know, that scene in Freaks and Geeks where you see Bill watching Gary Shandling on TV do, doing stand-up, and you know, there's a sequence where you see him make a grilled cheese sandwich, and he's, yeah. he's, he's eating chocolate cake and grilled cheese sandwiches and watching the Dinosaur Show. Yeah. That was, you know, that was... the half a decade for me. Did you have like a bullying moment? I wasn't we were, bullied. Our school, you know, I, I, I think our school it was, uh, like, it was an, I'm pulling up my motorcycle. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't, you know, our school was, uh, I mean, it was probably a pretty affluent neighborhood and the least racially diverse place you ever could be from. I mean, really just, it, it was, if you weren't Jewish, you felt uncomfortable. There literally was an other side of the tracks where there were more blue collar people whose parents were like cops and firemen and stuff. But looking back, it was pretty soft. I mean, it was public school on did, Long Island, but did, it was soft. Did you have a girl say something mean to you ever? Well, yeah, plenty, plenty of that. All right, uh, give us a couple of. I had a girl break up with me when she broke up with me. She said, One day you're going to realize how little you know right now. Whoa. That's, that's a tough Whoa. one. Whoa. One day you are going to realize how little you know right now. <gasps> so she's basically like, you don't even know what you fucking lost. <laughs> well, she was breaking up with me. <laughs> I know. But was that an accurate interpretation, do you think? No, I think it was just the most condescending thing you ever could say to another human being. Yeah. No, that's, you don't even that's get right. the levels yeah. of what an idiot you are. Right now, that that was that's one I always remember. I always remember there was a girl who said to me once, "You know, I feel like it's like I jumped in the lake and I'm saying, come in the lake, and you're on the dock, and you're not getting in the lake, and sooner or later, I'm gonna get back out on the dock." Whoa! So <laughs> the, the, the theme is like pretty much you don't know what you've lost until you've lost it. I guess uh, it's uh, I'm not as self-actualized as I think I am or I'm immature in ways I'll never fully understand or I need to get in a lake. I had a guy say say to me, um, oh, yeah, I've been like when like three days later after I like stalked him for a little while and he he said I was like, so so where have you been? What's going on? And he said, oh, yeah, I've been, I've been meaning to tell you that uh, I want to see other people. And it felt so wildly vague and devastating. And I was like, but I've been paging you. <laughs> paging, paging, paging. <laughs> Came by your fraternity last night. <laughs> I want to see other people is a rough one. Yeah. 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 It was. It felt too vague. It's way too vague when a guy says it's that. Like, I had a promise ring, a promise you, then, for the future. Then you think about what, what does the guy think is going to happen with the other people? What's he trying to do with the other people? I, I, uh, I don't know. I imagine like grab a tit or two. Yeah. 
That's, something that's like a that. part of it. That is certainly a part. Sim, of what's, what it might what's be. been a rough rejection for you? Oh God, no! I mean, there's too many to to even count. I don't even oh, want to get into on. it right now. Oh, you don't even want to. Come on, give us a rough rejection. The worst was this. Uh, I went to USC like you. In fact, Anna and I actually teach at USC. Oh, excellent. The worst. <laughs> What class? It's a class called a Creating podcast. the Hit Podcast. I know. I, know. I like right, it. Right. <laughs> Jed, will you come? <laughs> come to USC. And I'm also from along, I'm from Manhasset also. Oh, yeah. well, that's like literally. We have the, the same exact kind of trajectory, except that you're a lot more Five successful. towns. It's the yes. five towns. <laughs> Manhasset is where I used to go to Benihana. Oh, my God. Uh, uh, right, right down the street from me. Jeff, it's still Jeff's there. The best. Oh, my God. It's still there. Uh, so... <laughs> Worst rejection was this. This was at USC, and in my fraternity, we had what they called invites, where you invite a girl from a sorority to to uh, to like a formal type event. Yeah. And I, for this is girl, and her name was Danielle, and I had a huge crush on her. She was a theta. Our pledges. What I had them do was. I had them come up with a song that I had a few musical people in my class. We had a few saxophone players. We had this whole like song and dance little number going uh, to the tune of of uh, Frank Sinatra's "The Way You Look Tonight." But will you will you be my date to my invite? Was the uh, was the was what we turned it into? It's a rough one. It's not going to end well. It's not going to end <laughs> <Yeah>. well. <laughs> so the entire sorority came out. All hundred girls. I had all of the pledges come out. They, you know, I had a few saxophonists uh, who and they a few sang, saxophonists. Yeah, well, there were a the few that could play the saxophone. <laughs> and one could play the clarinet. And they sang this song. And Danielle came out, and everyone was cheering. And and at the end of it. Uh, uh, she said yes at the time, and then then called me later to say. Oh, that no. My daughter did that to somebody. Oh, this, it was it was so it was it was like you know I was oh. on top of the world, and then I was crushed. Yeah, oh. my daughter did that to someone. They made a really bold high school dance gesture like that, and then she's like, "There was no way to say no because it was in front of right, the class." Exactly, that's what it was. Yeah, well, that's and that's the that this goes back to my. Like no gestures. The, the, yes, the the Grand engagement. I, never again. Like, never ah, again. Like how how are you at the stadium and like a dude is like oh will you marry me and it's like that's why nah. I asked my wife in a boring way because what yes. if we were at an igloo? I feel like that's consideration. It would have been so fine if she said no <laughs> because I'm not in Alaska with her looking at eagles as we do it. <laughs> Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Before we get on to some other, a couple other things, 
But uh, I want to ask you this, and I'll preface this by saying, how weird of a kid were you? And I will give you a couple of examples of my weirdness. Well, Are you ready? Well, at one point. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you want your weird ones first? I just, I just want to tell you. We can go back and forth. Okay. I'll give you one. I you wore, one. I wore these ratty gloves for a while uh, because I thought I was going to be framed for murder. And my mom finally made me take them off because the only show that I really was allowed to watch uh, legally was Murder, She Wrote. And what just, age were you? Oh, I was probably, I don't know, 10, 9 or 10. That's old. Yeah. That's old to think you're being framed for murder. Yeah, but um, yeah, anyways. I so. wish you said 8, but 10 is enough Listen, to understand. This is northern that's, Washington. That's a full... We grew obs- up slower up there. That's a full right. obsessive compulsive disorder, I yeah. think. Oh, totally, yeah. How yeah. long did you think you're going to be framed for? At what age did you get over it? I I, I did it for like three months. Um, and I, ju- I just thought like better be safe than sorry, which is what my mom always said. And sure. I was like, well, you know, I just thought like I kept thinking like the mailbox, the mailbox, like the <laughs> mailbox is going to be the one thing that's going to like like some someone in Edmonds, Washington is going to uh, take me down and uh and so, yeah, I didn't have a lot of friends. Well, I uh, was trying to learn how to juggle pins, which I could light on fire, like fire pins. Okay, wait, wait. Like, like I what, kind of, what kind of pins? Like, you know, like juggling pins. Oh, juggling pins. But the kind you can light on fire, they're torches. Uh, okay, so they sort of look like the things that, like a bowling alleys. Yes. Okay. And uh, I practiced and practiced and then never worked up the courage to, to light them. I never lit them. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a dream of uh, somehow uh, being a magician or a juggler for a short period because I had a friend Judd who was making money. Apato. Yeah, I thought the famous firing fire juggler. I wanted to do kids Long parties. Island. I knew people did kids parties. I knew Steve Martin did kids parties. I had one friend who would do magic at kids parties, and I thought there's okay. got to be a way to get yeah. in on this here's game. My, here's my angle. But then I had no talent for anything. That you could do well, at a kid's party. I got to say, if uh, I had hired you as a mom and you started juggling fire as like, what, an 11-year-old? I would be I, I, Maybe you, older you, than that at that point. Maybe, let, like let's 13, say 14. 14. Yeah, let's say 14. I would be like, fuck yeah. That kid's going someplace. Yeah, <laughs> if I pulled it off. Okay, wait. If you were single, mm-hmm. here's the last question before we get to callers. Um... If you were single, do you have a list of red flags of women in professions you would not date? Oh, just full professions yeah. that I can't do. Yeah. That just would be like, uh, I don't know. Interesting. I probably would be, who would I be afraid of? I guess like a congresswoman would scare me. Why? Because she's corrupt to the core. Ah, the cynicism. Politician. I don't know if I would date a politician. Okay. Hmm, this is a, this is a good question. I didn't really, really uh, imagine this. I, I, what about uh, like an organic farmer? I probably wouldn't, wouldn't it's date. Too self-righteous? Maybe too... too uh, Humorless? Yeah, too... Uh, Preachy? Too new agey. Okay. I don't, even yeah. though I am new agey. I, I don't think I would want to be married to like a hardcore, like, you know, like a 
female Deepak Chopra. Okay. But I want to read it all day long, but I don't want to live with it. Right. Because I want to not do it and I don't want to get yelled at because I can't pull it off. Does that make sense? Yep. Because I'll just keep saying to me, you're not here right now. (laughs) I like to try, but then fail quietly. And then strippers would scare me. Probably Why? In, in some way, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be scared. Why? I don't, I don't know. I just would be generally frightened. I never liked. But that she's stuff. passionate I never liked... about her work. She makes her own living. Yeah, that's true. There's nothing wrong with it. I just was always afraid of it and didn't go to those places because I was just, uh, just very scared. Okay. All right. All it's right. too. It's too like connected. Someone yeah. looking me in the eye, shaking it up. I, I crumble. I just, I, I, I'm not, I'm not comfortable enough with my own masculinity. That's why I made the 40 year old virgin to have like a naked stripper, like stare at me, but then to go like, and what do you want for dinner? Like I, all of it makes me uncomfortable. Rice Cerrone? Yeah. Are you supposed to be comfortable? I don't know. With raw sexuality? I don't, I, I don't know. I feel I like know. there's sexy people and there's nerdy people. Right? No. And you choose in life if you're nerdy or sex. Like Beyonce, or like Rihanna, they have like a look like, I'm, I'll fuck your brains out. Right. And then there's just like kind of scared, nerdy people like me, but there, there's no real middle ground. You decide. I feel like, like you're saying men versus women. No, because you could say the same thing about uh, John Legend might be like sexy guy. Yeah. He's confident or common. It's just like a sexy guy. Like, we're going to do this. It's going to get done right. Yeah, all right. But tell give me the, an example of like, uh, not to put it. Like, Who's the nerdiest, sexiest sexual dynamo guy? Oh. I, uh, you can't think of any. No, no, no. no Screech? That's not, that's not true. That's not true. This is my podcast, though. I get to grill you. Yeah. So, like, give us, like, what's a sexy, like, nerdy dynamo, like, female-wise? A sexy, nerdy, with that kind of energy, who's also nerdy. I mean, the last time I talked to your wife, who's fucking smoking hot. She's not nerdy, though. She's not nerdy. She's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, she's she's, she's cool. Uh, in fact, she's so cool that she made me kind of nervous. That's how I feel. I know. But... Uh, but, so, but who is like that, but also nerdy? Yeah. It's not, it doesn't exist. You can't be you can't, true like, nerdy. You know, you, you can't. Oh, I have one. Okay. Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza. Aubrey Plaza. All right. Yeah. I think Aubrey lands on, on the sexy side more than the, I think the nerdy side is, uh, she's more like, a, of the dark arts. That's, <laughs> I don't know. Now you're creating a subcategory. Though. I, yeah. I don't think that's like nerdy. I think that's like kind of, it's smart, but it doesn't have, there's no, uh, you know, Bill Haverchuk energy in there. Okay. What about, um, I don't know, Melania. Melania, her, her mm-hmm. husband cheated on her with a porn star and a Playboy playmate the same weekend, a few months after she gave birth and she didn't leave him. Whereas my wife, we watched two episodes of The Crown and then she went out shopping, and I watched two without her, and we are in a legal situation right now. <laughs> <laughs> I am literally in physical danger as a result of that. Do you think, oh, well, anyway, this is a longer conversation, but fundamentally the question is, is do men underestimate women's 
intelligence or like a sense of humor or like, is it, it, that's truly kind of the fundamental question that I kind of wanted to avoid phrasing it like that. Do they underestimate it? Uh, I don't, I don't know. I never, I never think in those terms because I'm always so intimidated. So uh, I, I never oh. underestimate women at all. I always feel uh, like there's no part of me that just thinks women are like dudes. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that any woman talks to me. I, I feel like I'm on a first date with my wife every day for the last 21 years. I always feel like she's going to go to the bathroom of the restaurant and climb out the window and run away. Like that's why our, our, our marriage is always fresh. I just I can't believe she's there, and uh, I wonder when she'll realize that she's made a mistake. I, I guess I don't know. I dated. I not that I've dated that much at all, but I dated like a couple guys in college where I felt like my challenge was to surprise them with my fucking weird ass imagination and I got a kick out of myself for being incredibly obnoxious and and then like moving down to Hollywood it felt like okay so these are the roles that I'm auditioning for which felt very simplistic and um this is all mumbo like someone masturbating in a tub in front of a virgin (laughs) see it's the best thing that ever happened to you you didn't have to go through that Look what look what it did to Elizabeth Banks. She's still recovering. <laughs> it could have been me. <laughs> Fuck. You could have been uh, directing. Uh, oh, perfect. It's perfect. Yes, Mo. Oh, oh, biggest mistake. That is the weird thing about casting is sometimes you you have all sorts of people that you you really admire, but I've only made five movies, so and and my kids take up most of the parts. You know what I mean? And so sometimes it takes so long. Sometimes I feel bad I don't make more things so that I have the opportunity to work uh, with more people like you that I want to work with. And I feel bad as I'm at the typewriter, like, I, I, can't, I can't think of any good ideas like to work with so many people, people my age, my heroes. Like, there are people I dreamed of working with. I'm like, can't think of anything for... Tom Hanks or somebody like I just and you go wow it's been like so long and I've done so little does that make sense I'm just still hanging on the part where you said that you wanted to work with me (laughs) (laughs) but yes it makes total sense but you will you'll work with me in the phase where I've I've lost uh I've lost my edge and I'm kind of out of gas oh I love it you're gonna you're gonna get the the mushy later Uh, years Judd when I'm not really good anymore oh god i love that it's before we get to call i'm like you? ario speedwagon's new record <laughs> you know like you peak when you're you know it's a rider kind of in the early years you know how does it feel and this is might be just you know this may sound like a little kiss assy but you're one of the few directors almost like a cameron crow where you could take years off between a project and decide hey i want to do this and you know it's going to get greenlit in a second so pretty much any idea you have if you wanted to make into a movie you could do and you'll have a studio backing it with the actors and you know you can pretty much you have your choice of any actors does that put put more pressure on you cuz i'm 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 looking at people like cameron crow like james l brooks who people who who took time between projects and of course they'll spend their time producing projects and helping other people and nurturing others along the way but when it's when it comes to your own personal projects how much pressure is that on you it's like you know everyone's expecting your next movie to be a movie that will connect 
well, it is pressure. That's why I haven't made one in a while. <laughs> I haven't had anything that I uh, that I thought was ready to go. And also, I had a movie that someone dropped out of. So you know, you think, oh, everyone would work with you. It's just not true. I've had tons of people say no, and people drop out when we're about to go. So I wish that was the case. That it was that easy. It, it isn't. But also, I'm you know, I've written about high school. I've written about. You know, early marriage, later marriage, disease, you know, all, all sorts of stuff. So at some point you, you, you run out of life experience and I have no imagination. So I can't, I don't really write about like wizards and things like that. Like I, I don't think, I'm really usually just working with like what's going on. So when life gets quiet and pleasant, I'm also going, man, I got, there's no good stories in this pleasant, happy life right now. But that's not you. You well. Listen, I don't. I don't. I know. I don't need to tell you this, but your your genius is in telling the the stories that we all feel, which is loneliness, and which is sort of like how do I get accepted, and like yeah. and just get through the day. Yeah, like I, that's I. You know, when I need to write, I just think, oh yeah, the smallest thing, just getting along with someone is enough for a movie. Just two people that yeah. just can't make it. Like work. I have a friend now. That's awesome. Got a friend. Yeah, yeah. That's, that they, that, that's, that's cool. all it takes. It's, even like Pineapple Express, I remember we were working on it and uh, uh, someone was at the table read and they were saying, oh, this is just a movie about like a guy who doesn't know if his drug dealer is his friend or not. <laughs> like, are we friends or do you just sell me drugs? And that's enough to, to motor that whole movie is that Franco just wants Seth to admit that they're friends. And that, that's actually the whole underpinning of the movie. And then at the end, Seth kind of reluctantly says they're friends. And that's all there is to the whole movie. I love that. I always took Superbad as a romantic comedy between two friends. Like two, just like it was a, almost like a romance. It's, a, it's the original bromance for me. Yeah, it's two guys who are so nervous that they haven't talked to anyone else but each other. Right. That they feel like, oh, we got to figure out girls. But really, they're in a panic that they're not going to get to hang out when they go to separate schools. So all the bluster is like a cover for they're, they're afraid to admit how much they love each other. Right. That's why it's a big deal that they say they love each other because kids don't do that. Like admit it and say it. Yeah. So much of your storytelling is about like friendship and love in friendship. That moment in <laughs> Super Bad when they're in the sleeping bags yeah. together. It's like, it's such a beautiful moment with Jonah Hill and... Uh, yeah, I, don't, I can't remember exactly. Whatever, I whatever. I'm going to ramble on until we. And it took us like eight but, years to realize that was what the movie was about because we couldn't get anyone to make it. So, you know, they kept rewriting it. And we kept talking about it, and it, it, it literally took about eight years for us to go. Oh, this is really the core of it, beneath everything else. At first, it was just kind of a, a funny, crazy night movie, and, and then slowly. It came to the surface. Oh, this is about like loving your friend and being afraid of go of going to different colleges. Which you know, for me, it, when we would talk about it, I thought about when I was in high school and me and my girlfriend went to different colleges, and you know, so and that was just an area that we knew was painful for people is that separation from the people you're close to when you go to school. And it worked out great for you guys, right? That movie. Well, no, I meant me and her. Yeah, <laughs> we were both happy just in, in individual lives. It all, it, all, it all worked out. <laughs> we're taking a call uh, from USC. Indiana right now. All right. By yeah, the way, we actually, yes. we're gonna... Will you come? Like, I'm, I'm going to put you on the spot. Come teach with us at USC. I, I would. Are my friend Wayne Fetterman. Are you a Trojan? 
I am a Trojan, and my uh, Drew and Drew. He's no, he's a half-ass Trojan. Well, I dropped out because I ran. I couldn't afford. (laughs) I was going to say he didn't. He didn't graduate. I didn't graduate because I couldn't afford it. And now I look back. I dropped out because I couldn't afford it. It was six grand a semester tuition. Yeah, you know how much it is now. That's a lot of money. uh, It's probably like twenty-five. Sixty. Yeah, not a semester. A, a, no, a year. year. Oh, sorry, you sixty. Yeah, a year, so thirty. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't have six grand, and no one in my family had six grand, and I dropped out of school. And guess what? Like when you invest that much, maybe your kid can start a podcast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, there's there's money in it. Maybe you know? really gonna like all the parents out there. Yep. All right, they'll be proud. All right, let's call Matt right now. Matt is in Iowa, and he's twenty three. Okay, so I don't know, um, I don't know Matt, or... Uh, I spoke to Matt this morning. Matt? Hello? Hey, Matt, it's Sim. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Anna, say hi to Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hey, thanks so much for doing this. It's great this. to be here. Oh, yeah. I so appreciate it. And so we, we're here with Judd Apatow, and... Um, oh, hello, Judd. <laughs> oh, hello, Matt. <laughs> All right, so Matt, tell us about your ex-girlfriend and this friend group that you have. Give us a scenario here, and uh, we'll try and give you some advice. All right, yeah. My ex-girlfriend and I, we broke up at the end of June. And uh, this was my college girlfriend. We dated for two and a half years. Uh, Things ended mutually. Things ended well. We uh, still communicate. We we send like one or two text messages a week. So we've maintained... Uh, like a casual friendship, which is great. But uh, so in college, I didn't have very many friends. I had a couple of friends from high school who introduced me to their friend groups. And one of those friends introduced me to the friend group uh, that had her in it. And it's this great big friend group and everyone's close. They all live in the dorms together. You know, they all go way back. So that's where I met her. And then I became close to this friend group. And so over the two and a half years, people graduated college and we didn't see each other very often. So we, the whole group gets together on Labor Day weekend every year. Um, and I assume they know that me and her broke up. So I'm just a little worried on how the uh, dynamics are going to go when I see everybody on Labor Day. It sounds uh, like because, nothing more painful than that. It's a nightmare. Yeah, it's a nightmare. I've, I've always seen myself as I'm so-and-so's friend, and then I became so-and-so's boyfriend. I was never me. But is it and, because you're uncomfortable and, in front uh, of so her, in front of everybody? Is that what the issue is? Like, it's going to be weird well, in front uh, of her? N- no, I'm, I'm not necessarily worried about that, although that is something that I don't know how it's going to go because this will be the first time that I'm seeing her since the breakup. So, uh, again, things were fine, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess I don't know how other people are going to be treating me around her in the whole situation. So I was wondering what advice you guys had. So Matt, do you still have strong feelings towards her? Uh, no, I don't. This was, uh, something that we became best friends who would kiss each other and say, I love you. We kind of stopped being boyfriend and girlfriend after a while because we were long distance for the last year of the relationship. So we kind of had that time apart to kind of cope with the feelings. And, and we had, you know, the first uh, month of, uh, you know, actually calling it quits. It was very emotional and we still went through the, you know, heartbreak of a relationship ending. 
but I can confidently say that those feelings are gone. So what's been your communication like? Because because I guess what I'm getting at is, um, yeah, people who don't have a lot to do at an event will look at you um, and, and see what you guys are up to and see what your, you know, physical, you know, whatever communication is like. But th- that's, that's, that to me seems like, um, Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Do you feel like you both haven't really sort of recovered from the breakup yet or? Uh, Yeah, I miss having that person that I talk to every day. That's something that I've noticed that I've missed. So that's why I'm really looking forward to this weekend where I get to see all these friends I haven't seen in a while. But, you know, I just don't know how it's going to go. Has she, is she in another relationship? Uh, As far as I know, no, she's not. So I totally understand the nervousness around seeing an ex, especially in like an, a social environment that's like heightened. It's always just just the worst. And um, we've talked to other callers about the same thing about like seeing an ex at a wedding. Or, but did she initiate the breakup? Uh, she did initiate it. You know, I, I thought I had this whole plan in place that after a few months I was going to bring things up, but then we both kind of realized we were on the same wavelength and she was the one that initiated, Hey, maybe we should just end it now. And I agreed, obviously. So, yeah, I don't have like specific advice. I, what I suspect is that, you know, feelings are probably still really raw on both ends of things. And she's probably nervous too, to see you. And then, you know, you've got like the whole little choir of of friends that are like, oh, my God, what are you going to do and see them because people don't have enough to do. But I don't know. Do you guys have advice? I, like, I think uh, you just you show up. You know, when, when you kind of like yourself, you don't really care that much about these types of things. You just go. You be a nice person. Uh, you'd be nice to her. If there's something still there, it will bubble up and evolve uh, or it won't. And you don't really worry about everyone's perception of you. You can't really change yeah. anyone's perception of you. And so you can't factor it in because it makes you neurotic. And and I find that everything in life is easier if your intention is to be kind to the people around you, not to get something from them and not to be hyper aware of how they're feeling about you. Just focus on what you can give to them as a nice person, as a friend, and then things tend to 
workout. It's true. And, and, and your appearance at this Labor Day event will start to shift whatever they imagine your identity is, you know, it, while it may be you are the ex boyfriend or whatever, they will, it will start to shift. And this is the, this is a sort of the first step towards doing sort of making that shift. This is a weird situation. And it's, it's one of those things where, you know what, you're not going to feel comfortable in the beginning. You're just not, I've been in those situations where you, you see your ex-girlfriend and she broke up with you. So automatically you're feeling, Hey, everyone knows that she was the one initiated. And then you're, you see her not hanging out with you. Then your people are thinking, Oh, they're not really talking. Is everything cool with them? And it's just, it's just a lot that's going to be going through your head. What is the best way to kind of just kind of navigate the situation? Is it something where you admit to your friends and you tell them, hey, look, I'm, this is making people feel a little uncomfortable. Do you text your girlfriend, your ex-girlfriend beforehand? Okay, Matt, here's the thing. Yeah. Buy a big jug of Jaeger, right? You know what Jaeger is, right? I already like the idea. All right. <laughs> and then you find the biggest guy there. And you just like fucking sock him right in the gut. <laughs> and you're just like, fuck you. I love Labor Day. I've worked hard all my life. Fuck you. Labor Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. This is this is wise. <laughs> I hate to say this, but I have to go. I have to pick up my daughter. Okay. So yeah. do you want to do a speed round on the second yeah, 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 one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, Matt, Matt. Uh, will you please keep us informed? Uh, you, let, let us in, know what happened. Uh, I, I hope that we didn't give you any good advice. Um, I have no concerns about Matt. I can tell Matt solid as a rock. Yeah, and uh, listen, just a nice guy. Yeah, like, it always takes a minute to get over, you know. It, that, but that is like fucking life's journey. But it makes us hopefully more empathetic people. Please let us know what happens and go and have fun. Have a good time. Can. Seriously, yeah. have a try and have a good time. Yeah. Thank you so yeah, much, Matt. I, I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Bye, Matt. I love you. Bye, Matt. All right, let's get the next one going right away. Oh, sorry. Uh, shit. I'm sorry. Do you have to go like right now? Do you want to go right I now? I do, but we're going to do it so Are fast. You sure? We'll, we'll do okay. a little quickly. taste hey, we'll of it. Quickly. Okay. Then you'll finish it up. Okay. Okay. As I sleep. Okay. So I should slink oh, you, did you read it? You, I you read it? Say I didn't read it. But oh, okay. Goodbye to you right now. Goodbye, Judd. We're going to call Kathleen Goodbye. Now. I think we worked through some important issues here. Yeah. Thank you so <laughs> much for being here. I'm going to do it again soon. How do you know we would ask you back? Oh, see, there it is. There's the revenge. Uh-huh. I knew it would turn into yep, a revenge yep, story. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, plug your movie. Plug oh, we have Juliet Naked with Ethan Hawke. Is in uh, Rose theaters Byrne now. Rose well. Byrne. You I work love Rose. Loud. I love Rose so much. Yeah. Did you and, love her? Uh, of course. Oh, she's always great. Hello. Oh, geez. Here we Kathleen, go. Kathleen, hi. It's Sim. Anna, say hi to Kathleen. Hi, Kathleen. She's in Boston. She's 27. And Judd, Judd Apatow is here with us as well. And Kathleen, I have to leave because I have to pick up my daughter. I can't leave her on the side of the road. So, so I oh, wish I could no. give you the, the advice. Go ahead and tell us what's going on with you, Kathleen. Should I give like the quick version? Yeah, give me, give me the quick one. Yeah, so I started in comedy in Boston here like two and a half years ago, and I've gone pretty hard into it. Um, I am out like five to six nights a week. So most of my friends I've developed through the comedy scene here in Boston. Um, and I met this guy about a year and a half ago. And we hit it off pretty well um, as friends at first. And then it kind of turned more into like a a flirtationship. Um, You know, friends of ours would comment like, oh, you guys are like kids on the playground. Like you're into her. And like he would buy me drinks every once in a while. 
but he has a girlfriend. And so eventually this became like a very frustrating thing for me. I didn't feel like it was appropriate um, for us to be flirting. It wasn't beneficial to me or to his girlfriend. So uh, in July, I kind of said like to myself, like, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. And since then, our friendship has been really um, awkward and uncomfortable. Um, and so on top of all of that, in the few situations I've met his girlfriend, things have been really awkward between us. You know, she, has, she won't even be in the same room as me when we're at social functions. Um, and so I just want to know how to approach my friendship with this guy. I want to be his friend, but I don't know what to do. Like, do I tell him that I had feelings for him? Um, do I tell him that I feel weird around his girlfriend? You know, it's very important that I'm, I maintain a friendship with him. I think it's a, it's a, you, you wish him well, you salute him. And, uh, I don't even know if you need to say it to somebody because yeah, yeah. they're weird. They're weird. They're not going to get unweird on you and maybe he'll be single at another time and you can have a talk with him. But when it's, when it's on and it's super weird and if she's super weird, it's impossible to clean that up because guys get, guys don't know how to handle that. They can't, they can't balance it. They, they tend to, they'll focus on the relationship and they're not going to be as, uh, open and kind to you as they probably should be yeah right? well right okay. and and also i just want you to protect yourself and make sure that you aren't exposing yourself uh, you know to uh, a vulnerable position give the energy to something new that has more potential sounds like there's a lot of energy there that's blocked and if you if you were open to new people and new move to los angeles yeah become yeah. judd's intern or go to just go to a different bar where there are different people. Yeah. I have to leave Kathleen. I feel bad because my, my daughter will be left on the side of the road and it's dangerous. But you okay. know what? I have no concerns about Kathleen either. Because she just sounds like nice and cool. Bye, Judd. Thank you for everything. Oh, Thank you for pleasure. being here. Um, okay, so I'm so sorry Judd had to go. Oh, Kathleen, okay, I'm but, so sorry. But what he was saying was right. I don't know if this is something that you should be pursuing. But I do understand crushes and hard crushes. I've had them all my life. And I mean, like we all have, right? And I don't like the idea. I don't know if he's slightly more successful or more adored in your world, but that can also lead to a heightened sense of adoration. I mean, one of the first pieces of advice I was given when I started was not to date somebody else in comedy. And I, you know, very much tried to avoid that. And then it was just kind of like a vibe, like we just hit it off. And I don't think my question, maybe I didn't pose my question correctly because I don't necessarily want to pursue a relationship with him at this point. I, I wouldn't want to break up um, him and his current girlfriend. I just, I just can't stand the awkwardness between us right now. And I don't know if there's a way to get over it or if I just need to let it fizzle. You need to just let it fizzle. You need yeah. to, you need to just kind of let it take its course. Oh, that's the worst. There's nothing you can do at this point. You no. just have to let it go and, and, and see how their relationship plays out. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I would like when I've dealt with jealousy in my life, I'm not saying that you're jealous of the girlfriend or whatever, but when I've had those experiences, when I've been jealous of another actress or, um, I know it's so lame. It's so fucking lame that I would say this, but I try to embrace them, even like, uh, even though it feels like like 
pulling teeth, but it's like, oh, you know, whatever. bringing them closer into your world? Well, because then what inevitably happens is that I like them and they like me. And it's hard to feel anger towards somebody that you really, that you genuinely like. And um, so I, I don't know, maybe. Do you maybe think the kindness route? You think she should just be, try and be, be friends, friends with her? With, with, yeah. Do you think you could, if you tried to be friends with her, do you think she would reciprocate? I mean, I tried um, at a, a party recently that she happened to be at. And uh, every time I got to the same room as her, she moved to another room. So, I mean, I, but I'll try again. I mean, I, I do think that it's important to probably try to befriend her. Maybe it'll take her a minute or whatever to, to trust you because maybe her boyfriend has said like, oh my God, she's so funny. You know, she's so funny. And the girlfriend has her guard up clearly around you. And also it's important if, if like, if you have more friends around than Safety she numbers does. numbers for sure. No, 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 no. Oh, I thought no, you meant. No, no, I was going to say that if you have more friends around whatever social gatherings and stuff than the girlfriend does, she will feel at like... Inclusion is important and it will be, it will be your friend, like ultimately just in general, just it's like sort of a life thing. And if he breaks up with her and whatever happens, um, but a bad strategy I think would be to pursue, um, you know, flirtation with him and, uh, because he's in a relationship and, um, and so, you know, I, I think, I don't know, playing. playing uh, yeah, cool you're right and, about that. You're absolutely like, right about that. And, um, yeah. Oh God. I wish I had all the solutions. That's no, this I'm is, so this is, I mean, qualified. come on. No, this one is pretty easy. I think easy for you, but I feel like I've been there with you, Kathleen. I've been there. Oh, well, um, I mean, I mean, the advice is, I think it's pretty cut and dry at this well, point. Well, yeah, but, but yeah, but it's so easy to say, like, don't do this and don't do that. Then you actually have to do that. Don't yeah, do that. Right. Yeah, but it's hard to actually enact. It's hard to be like, you know. Yeah, that's why she called of, us. And that's yeah. why we're going to give her the, the hard truth. <laughs> Kathleen, I'm really sorry. <laughs> All right, Kathleen. We're the is, worst. I'm sorry, I Kathleen. I love you. I want to see your stand up. Yeah, um, can we watch you on YouTube anywhere? I mean, I can send you guys a clip. Yeah, we would love that. Love yeah. I would love yeah. that. And please keep keep in touch. Like, I, I do. Like, part of me wants to tell you to not date anybody in stand-up. Um, but I also completely understand being drawn to artistic types. I knew you were going to say that. I was like, her top five <laughs> undateable people stand-up comedians. I'm surprised they didn't come up once with you. That's great. Thank you so much, Kathleen. I yeah, thanks you. for having me on, guys. Thank you. Please keep in touch. Bye. All right. I wanted want to keep in touch. All right. Well, thank you, Anna. Another episode in the books. In the books? Is that what we say now? I don't know. I don't Another know. episode in the books? I don't know. I, I thought you would say something like, you know, we banked another episode. Banked or, another episode. Are we knock we're them, like, knocking them down? We're both left looking at right. each other like we are so fucking fried. Should we just end the show? Let's just end it. We, we did hey, two shows dear today. Listeners, I love you, <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sorry about my terrible advice. No, your advice is good. Good night, oh, everyone. Good night.
So we'd like to thank all of our sponsors, including Suave. Suave has that coconut oil infusion damage repair hair. Anna, you love that shampoo, don't you? Yeah. While I have really thin hair, you don't need to hear this stuff. But yeah, I've, I've got thin, dry, frizzy hair. Okay, fine. I bleach it. Is that what you want to hear? I want to hear that Suave actually works. But you know what? I'm not going to take your word for it. Read this part. With Suave's money-back guarantee, try it for yourself. Suave. For hair you can believe. 